Hi there. This is a quick message to let our listeners know that this podcast is general financial advice only, meaning it is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on this information until you've spoken to your professional financial advisor. You'll find our full disclaimer linked to our financial services guide and website in the show notes. Hello and welcome back to the Invest in the Journey podcast. My name is Taylor Bree Casey and in this episode we'll be discussing the biggest topic for fundies right at the moment and that is China reopening. Joining me today I have the man himself, Monroe's CIO, Nick Griffin. Welcome Nick, it's great to have you and I have to admit I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you for having me Taylor, <laughs> very excited. Ready? Yep. Cool. Can we start by setting the scene of how long China has been closed for and why are they reopening now? Yes, yeah, so this is this is fairly well documented in the media and, and obviously people have followed COVID pretty closely, uh, but but China effectively closed not long after they discovered COVID in, in early 2020 um, and is, is now reopening now in sort of early 2023. So it's effectively been three years as it's closed. Um, why are they reopening to the rest of the world? They're reopening to the rest of the world because because pretty much everyone else did. Um, they they had a particularly hard stance on COVID, a, a zero COVID stance. Um, those of us who lived in Victoria know knows what that feels like. Um, it is quite hard to get off that stance, and they had to find a way to sort of step away from it. And, and what they said is that that the Omicron variant is less virulent, um, and that it was safe to open up. They opened up very quickly. Um, so none of this slow opening up, very quickly, completely open. Uh, by all estimates, 80% of the country's already had COVID now. Uh, there has been loss of life, um, but, but those details are quite sketchy. But, but every single piece of data we've got suggests that the Chinese economy is, is rapidly returning to, to normal operations. Um, and, and so from that point of view, you could argue that, that this has been successful. Um, and, and I think there's plenty of arguments to suggest that their, their, their approach has been successful. And so why did Munro decide to exit China? Was it due to COVID? No, it wasn't. No. So we've, we, we'd invested in China for years, um, mainly in the technology sector, um, in companies like Tencent, which we liked around video games, um, and Alibaba that, that, that we liked in, in e-commerce and cloud computing. So we'd invested for a long time. Uh, we'd actually done very well. We made quite a lot of money. <laughs> um, but back in um, sort of end of 2020, uh, so halfway through the COVID period, um, you know, it became clear that China, you know, was using the government was using the COVID period as, as part of a broader crackdown on on, on companies. Um, this became very clear with the the pulling of the ant IPO at, uh, for for Alibaba, um, and then the subsequent you know regulations that we've seen across the entire tech, technology sector. Uh, from our point of view at the time, we were confused by this at first because we hadn't seen it for a very long time. But the more we looked at it, the more we realised that it was going to affect the earnings of these companies. Uh, and earnings downgrades usually equals share prices going down. So, so we decided to exit and, and just step to the sidelines and, and see what happened. Um, in the end, it ended up being a very long crackdown, one of the longest in history at China. Um, and these share prices fell dramatically further from where we sold them. Um, and to be fair, we thought, you know, we were selling them badly at the time, but, but we ended up doing quite well. And, and most of those companies have fallen sort of 50, 60% since we sold them till, 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 till recently. Uh, and what does the reopening mean for Munro and the investment team? Yeah, so I think there's two things to think about here. So one, there is just the simple economic effect. Um, and the simple way for, for listeners to think about the economic effect, I mean, if, if you let, you know, the Chinese population get on a plane and leave and go shopping, then, then I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to. Uh, I know what I'd do if I lived in China. I'd be leaving as well. 
Um, interestingly, actually, just over Golden Week, um, we had the reverse. Everybody could go back to China. So, so there was a big exodus out of Australia back to China uh, because it was the first time they could go home um, in many years. And, and we've even had employees here at Munro who hadn't seen, you know, their parents for, for a couple of years. Um, now we expect that to reverse. So, so people will leave China, students will leave China. This is just a simple economic boost for tourism, shopping, air travel. Um, and these are all obvious places to invest where we are invested already and, and where we can lift our investment. Um, that's the first and most obvious bit and I think that's pretty easy to, to work out. The second bit's a little bit more nuanced is, is, is will China sort of take their foot off their, their own corporates? You know, will they let the, the capitalist forces help the economy recover? Um, you know, in China they call it socialism with Chinese characteristics and, and we've seen the Chinese characteristics one way and, and we're probably going to see it back the other way. Um, and so... They will let the probably will let the capitalist forces come come you know do their thing for a little while, uh, take the regulation off the the existing Chinese companies, and that probably means some Chinese companies are potentially a good investment, but they're probably more a trade than an investment because you never know when that's actually going to come back again in the future. So, are you saying you're less bearish on Asia? <laughs> well, we're never bearish on 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 many places. Um, what I would say is that. You know, there's a very clear and obvious outcome to earnings upgrades here and that earnings upgrades will come from luxury goods, aerospace, casinos, all the simple things that we did last year that now Chinese people can do um, and they're going to do it, you know, voraciously or revenge spending style. And uh, so from that point of view, you know, if you own these companies and we do, you can sort of look through any sort of near-term slowdown because you know that things are going to get better in the medium term. And so following on from that, what are the flow-on effects for some of our areas of interest? Yeah, so from our point of view, we have an area of interest called Emerging Consumer. Um, the biggest holding in that is, you know, Louis Vuitton. It's a company we've owned for a long time. It's pretty obvious. Um, things are going to go better for them, um, quite simply. Tourism um, and spending from, from, from particularly Chinese. Chinese. Chinese consumers make up, you know, literally roughly 30% of these companies' revenues. And in some cases, it's more. And by our estimates, you know, over the last 24 months, that number's been less than 20%. So, so just to get back to 2019 levels, you're sort of getting an 11% uplift of revenue. Uh, and I think that that looks highly possible from here. Um, second area is obviously aerospace. You know, China's been out of the aerospace market for a long time. We own a lot of Airbus, have done for a long time. Um, we'd expect that this, is, this would be very, very good for aerospace. Um, third area for us would be, you know, further luxury goods, um, drinks, et cetera, that we talked about earlier. And potentially then you're looking towards commodity and energy spaces where, where markets that might have been weaker are probably more likely to be positive now uh, because we don't have a combined synchronised global slowdown. We've got more of a, more of a muddle through. Um, those would be the main areas that we talk about for investing. And so are there any other sectors that maybe aren't one of our areas of interest that will benefit from this reopening? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Look, look, from our point of view, I think the big question for us is do we actually go back and buy the Chinese equities themselves? Um, you know, do we actually reinvest back in China, having been there for a long time? And, and the answer to that is yes. Look, we have initially started buying back, you know, companies like Alibaba that we know very, very well. Um, and we did that sort of very, very early on in the reopening. Um, and from our point of view, as I said, the jury's still out as to whether they're going to let these companies be as profitable as they once were. Uh, but we're more than happy, I think at this point in time, if you're early, you're happy to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and I think that's the biggest question for us. There are other great Chinese corporates that do great things like, like BYD. 
um, in electric cars um, and, and other areas. And so these are all things that have been on our radar for a long time, sort of been on a bit of a, a banned list while the regulatory crackdowns were happening, which we can now relook at. And in, in a couple of cases we have invested uh, but we are doing this cautiously because we recognise that, you know, this is a cycle that China goes through, quite frankly, of regulation whereby they, you know, they crack down for a long period of time and then they decide to stop. Um, I suspect they're going to stop for a while here and go back the other way, but eventually they will crack down again. Um, that's just the way the government there operates and this is the cycle you're in, but you're at the start of a good cycle where they're going to let the capitalist economy help get China out of this hole and, and we can participate in it. And I guess on the flip side, are there any sectors or companies that might suffer from the reopening? Yeah, so the big issue that may occur here is obviously, and I, most most listeners will be aware that, you know, inflation's been a problem in the world and rates had to go up to get rid of inflation. Um, inflation was going away and is going away because rates have gone up and this pay potentially slow that. Um, and so the reality is, as we came into 2023, we were, you know, the, the central banks had engineered a global slowdown. That slowdown is designed to fix inflation. China reopening has, has you know, counters that slowdown, which is a good thing. But the bad thing is, is potentially it counters the fall in inflation. And so inflation might not end up falling as fast as we would like. Um, and that's something we need to be wary of um, and wary of particularly infrastructure investment in China and how big some of those programs might be. Uh, right now, we're very focused on the consumer opportunity. We think that's the biggest and most obvious one. Um, and I suspect here in Australia, you're going to see just boatloads of, of plane loads of tourists um, arriving quite soon and students. And I think that's a really good opportunity. Um, the infrastructure side, we're less less convinced about at the moment. And that's the bit we'd be watching closely as to what it actually does to inflation. So you mentioned Alibaba earlier. Were there any stocks that were once in the portfolio that you still like and you might revisit? Yeah. So from our point of view, look, we're a global growth investor. And so we're, we're literally trying to find companies that are the best in the world at what they do. Um, and so in China's case, you know, that historically had been China technology um, because of think companies like Tencent, which is the world's best video game company. Um, and, and in technology generally, China had closed out the US, US companies so that they had their own technology champions being Tencent and, and Alibaba and Meituan, et cetera. And so those had previously been the companies we've, we've invested in China. And as I said, we have, we have bought at least one of them back. Um, Beyond that, the other thing that's happened in, through the pandemic that, that people mightn't be as aware of is, is China is now by far one of the world's leaders in electric cars. Um, they've doubled down on their battery technology. They make the best and cheapest batteries in the world. Uh, they make some of the cheapest electric cars in the world and some of the best tech electric cars in the world. And if you listen to Elon Musk's conference calls, everyone asks him, who's your biggest competitors? He always says the Chinese. He never says it's BMW or Audi. He says the Chinese. And so from that point of view, companies like BYD, uh, NIO, um, X-Paying, et cetera. These are, these are good operators in the electric car space that are dominating the Chinese market um, and in theory would dominate the world uh, should, should, they, should they decide to export. And I think they'll start with other emerging countries like Africa and, and, and South America, but you'll see them on the road here as well and they are, they, the product is incredibly good and, and so those are some of the leaders that, we, that we'd definitely be looking at. It'll be certainly very interesting watching this all play out over the next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a few more than a few more weeks. It's going to be a few years, I think. A few uh, years. <laughs> but from our point of view, look, I mean, I think the simple thing to say here is the facts have changed. China has changed their view and so we've changed our view. Um, and so from that point of view, this is a welcome respite for the global economy and it's a welcome respite of opportunities of quite cheap companies that are doing good things that, that ultimately we can go back and look at and, and, and we're incredibly open to that opportunity. 
Well, Nick, thank you for all of your insights today. It's been really interesting listening to you weigh in. Thanks very much, Taylor. As for now, the investment team is in the middle of earnings season and our next episode of Invest in the Journey podcast will be a recap of results. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast to not miss out. <laughs>